Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Put on your velvet vest. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, I'm your TV guy, Brett White. And this week I am joined by professional annoying voice woman, Anna Rubanova. Hello, Anna. Hi, Brett. Hey. I'm sorry, I should do an annoying voice. Um, hi, Brett. <laughs> yeah, hold that. Keep that going for the next hour. <laughs> no, that'll be grating. Um, yeah, so you're my second in a row, uh... L.A. guest. Really? Who yeah. Was, who was Bridget the was here last week. I will kill her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone's just uh, flocking to New York from L.A. to be on my show. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, everyone's just hungry for uh, stage time, audio stage time. I guess. Well, I do miss you for what it's worth. There you go. Uh, but I'm here for very different reasons. You're, oh, yeah. You're here just to get into Sweet Green Acres action. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that brings me to this week on the show. We are traveling to February 28th, 1970. MASH ruled the box office. Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Water topped the charts. And Green Acres aired The Case of the Hooterville Refund Fraud. Anna, you must have seen The Case of the Hooterville Refund Fraud before. Uh, yeah, but before I had a terrible accident, followed by <laughs> amnesia for 10 years. I, you know, I know I used to love it because I have all these tattoos all over my body referencing the specific episode of Green you Acres. You run your own monkey racing track, and you're like, now I know where that comes from. Indeed. <laughs> uh, but did you grow up watching... I've never heard of this. Actually, just, no, I've heard of it, and I know the theme song. Yeah. But I had no idea of what, the what craziness the that yeah. li- that existed within it. Uh, yeah, this is a um, this show is fascinating. Uh, I wrote a big history piece on this for work at decider.com. You can go and look at my article: "Trial and Error and the Revenge of the Rural Purge." You are really good at self-marketing. Yeah. <laughs> um, this show was a part of a legit Hooterville shared universe of sitcoms mm-hmm. that started with the Beverly Hillbillies in 1962. The Beverly Hillbillies are from Hooterville and then moved to Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. And you knew about Beverly Hillbillies, right? Yes. Okay. And then from there, 1963, Beverly Hillbillies was the such a huge hit, they launched a spinoff called Petticoat Junction. Mm-hmm. Which is set in Hooterville at a hotel, I do believe. That's, so that's near like a train the station. Jo- the Joey to the Friends. Yeah, except that that show ran for like nine years. Okay. Um, it was like so. Super... It was the Frasier to the Joey. Yes. Cheers. Yeah. Okay. 
And so that ran simultaneously with Beverly Hillbillies. And then two years later, in 1965, I do believe, they launched Green Acres. Uh-huh. So at, from 1965 to 1970, there were three shows on the air at once on CBS, I think, that were all set in Hooterville. And, like, all the characters would cross over, like Sam Drucker, the general store owner, is in all three series as, at one point. And he has, like, a combined, like, 300... Is that the monkey race investor <clears throat> guy? No, he's the he's the bald guy with the mustache who owns the general store. He gives him the mail, and then he kind of disappears for the rest gotcha. of the episode. That's a nice general store, by the way. I was looking yeah. at that. I was like, I've seen some Brooklyn general stores <laughs> that are real trendy right now look exactly like that. Yeah, they're really going for that. Hooterville's uh, become a really uh, urban destination. <laughs> Gentrification Hooterville. Um, but what is fascinating to me is that when Mary Tyler Moore hit it big in 1970... Um, CBS decided, fuck the country and rural, we want to go urban, and they canceled all the shows. So Green Acres overlapped well, what with... What if they have to only cancel half of Green Acres since they're so, like, since all, Yeah, and... so, no, it was still a, uh, it was still a, um, a victim, unfortunately. It only overlapped with, they like, literally... They could just moved them back. Eva Gabor could <laughs> yeah, have been like, back to New I, York. Just, I just want to be back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> she has a they crazy fucking... That. Yeah, it's voice. a very creepy... She also has, um... She didn't. She, when she usually says shoot, and when she says shoot, she says shushed. Uh-huh. So she has weird, like, she kept saying teeth weird in this episode. Teeth. What about the time the man came because you deducted your mother's teeth? Uh, you- so it's really fascinating that all, like, all of the shows were all canceled in 1971. None of them lasted past 1971, all because of Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> to your knowledge, have there ever been a series of spinoffs? I mean, have, has there been more than one spinoff off of a property that has succeeded? Well, I mean, like, uh, the show with the most spinoffs is All in the Family, I do believe. Okay. All in the Family begat Maude, which begat... Uh, the Jeffersons, right? Yeah, the Jeffersons, like, yeah. And then also All in the Family begat other things. And, like, Happy Days had, like, Joni Loves Chachi, Mork and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley, like... Crazy. Okay. But the fact that there was like this weird shared universe all set in Hooterville where all the characters would all appear on the other shows, which is really weird. Uh, because I th- I think that that Colby guy that was in this episode. Wait a second. I feel like ABC would do that sometimes. They where, would. Like Urkel would yeah. show up on Full House or something. But he would only show up for like one episode. Like Mr. Drucker is on, I think, a total of like 300 and something episodes between like the three shows, which is. Crazy, like he was working. He was rich. That dude was working. Uh, so yeah, I grew up watching Green Acres, and I loved it as a kid, and I would watch it all the time. And then I didn't. I, mean, I think I watched a little bit in college, and then for this episode, I went back uh, this past weekend and watched uh, like eight more episodes. And it is a kooky show. Was uh, there one that stood out? There is one where. Um, see, I'm sad this one didn't have. I wanted you to meet Arnold the pig, who. Uh, a talking pig. Frank, well, no, he doesn't talk, but everyone acts like he does. <laughs> Frank Ziffel, the old man who looks older than death in this episode. Uh-huh. Like, holy shit. Is like, he wearing uh, cataracts? Yeah. Like, artificial <laughs> cataracts? All, it's like all over his body. His entire, his skin is just wrinkles of drooping. Wrinkles of drooping, that's a phrase. Was that makeup? Or that no, I think him? that's fucking him. Okay, Like, fair. that's terrifying. Uh, his son is a pig named Arnold. And that Arnold... Arnold goes to school... Uh, for, uh, for those listening, uh, Brett put son in quotations. Yeah, he didn't He didn't birth a pig. Although okay. in this sh- series, in this universe, I actually don't know. I watched an episode where he fell in love with a, with Mr. Haney's Basset Hound. 
Uh-huh. And they had like a Romeo and Juliet thing going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, this week on the show, we are talking about Green Acres. The Green Acres episode, The Case of the Hooterville Refund Fraud. This is the 21st episode of season five. It was written by Arnold Horowitz, Jay Summers, and Dick Chevillier. Chevillat? Chevillat. How do you I don't spell know. it? C H E V I L L A T. Chevillier. Uh, and directed by Richard L. Bear. Here's how iTunes describes the episode. Buckle up, it's a long one. Yeah. Oliver unintentionally provides the motive for the residents of Hooterville to illegally receive more than $500,000 from the Internal Revenue Service. The locals think that all they have to do is write in and state their losses, not understanding that they actually have to file taxes first. Eventually, to get its cash back, the IRS invests in Haney's monkey racing track. Anna, does that accurately describe the episode? Um, it does. I don't know if it accurately describes uh, how tax returns work. No. The show all. itself doesn't either, I don't think. No. Um, I, 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 I guess... I guess my big question would be, like, <laughs> where do they even find the forms to file? Like, none of them like... have even heard of taxes <laughs> before, and all of a sudden they, like, is there is there an accountant in town who, like, helps them file these There might be in returns? some episode. I feel like they just grabbed, like, some lined notebook paper and just were like, Dear IRS, you owe me $47,000. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then they got it. <laughs> and then what was it? The the computer uh, broke down because yeah, because it didn't have oil in it during a um, like congressional hearing or like a senatorial hearing or something. The uh, the the guy in charge who works at the IRS revealed that Harold a, Gilmore was Harold his name. Gilmore they needed a can of oil for the refund computer, but they didn't. Uh, want to chip in to pay for it because they didn't know if it was tax deductible to right. buy that can of and oil. That, and that led to the computer malfunctioning and then they had to do it by hand. And then what happened? And then, it, yeah, then they just they gave all that money out. Like right. over half, a, mil- half, half a, million a million dollars to the residents of Hooterville who yeah. just wrote on notebook paper, please give me this amount of money. <laughs> the This episode is uh, insane. Um, it's insane because it starts out, the very first thing we, okay, no, first thing we see is that theme song. Right, so, big question. Um, How did Douglas and his uh, Hungarian wife end up in Hooterville from New York? Uh, He, um, Green Acres is the place for him. Farm living is the life for him. (laughs) He likes that land spreading out so far and wide. (laughs) Keep it, it's like... Like literally, uh, fair. What's what's the pilot? Did he? Yeah, like did the pilot go, is him. I hate you, New York. Yeah, just, I think it's like oh, similar it's to. So relevant. I think it's like Crazy Ex Girlfriend in a way too, except he's not moving. Crazy Ex Girlfriend's pilot is her being like, New York is gloomy and everything's horrible. But then here's oh here's this guy, so right. I'm just gonna follow him, and also I might have uh, emotional problems. Definitely. Um, is. So like this was, I think the pilot is him being like, ah oh, fuck New York. I've always wanted to be a farmer, so I'm gonna go. He, like, goes to the farm. I think Mr. Haney sells him their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's just, like, they're off to the races at that. Apparently, I did my research over the weekend. There's an episode of Petticoat Junction. I think that's a prequel to Green Acres that has them coming through town before. I think it might be, have aired before the show aired. But I, you Petticoat Junction is the least known of the three Hooterville Universe shows, so mm-hmm. you can't find it anywhere. Interesting. Season one is on Hulu, and then that is it. 
Okay, but let's not skip over the fact that like the the opening shot of the theme sequence is uh, the character Douglas in a suit yeah. on a tractor. <laughs> uh, he never stops wearing his suits. Ever. And Even though just, this is year he farm, five. He farms on tractors. Yeah. This is year five, and he's suits. still... And I also, I mean, I guess I'll go on and... This is a running thing with my podcast, if I'll get this out of the way. I find Eddie Albert very attractive. I have a big crush on Oliver Wendell Douglas. That maps. Uh, and I specifically love everything he wears. I have always loved... I mean, I remember being a kid, like, I love his suits. His He always wears these velvet vests... <laughs> That I just, like, I want. This episode I wrote down, he has a blue one. Mm-hmm. That is choice. It's like a good, like, royal blue. It's mm-hmm. really nice. And then at the end of the episode, he's wearing his trademark green and then gold back velvet vest. Very attractive. So fly. So suave. <laughs> um, the theme song is composed by Vic Mizzy, who also did the Adams Family theme song. <laughs> Which, da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> so like, they're very similar. Do we just do a mashup, or yeah. do we just sing the same song in different keys? Oh, it's like the uh, family t- family matters and Full House theme songs are also written by the same guy and are super interchangeable. Have you ever tried to sing one and realize you're singing the wrong yeah. one? Yeah. Were you at that? We did a uh, an improv. There's a game called Hot Spot. No one needs to know about this. <laughs> we did like a 12 minute long version no with need, people just singing. No one singing needs to both. know about our Fourth of July weekend from like <laughs> from nine, 2009, nine years ago. Yeah, like 2008 or something. Dear God, uh, I would say this is one of the greatest opening credits of all time. I'll throw that gauntlet down. Last week I had Mary Tyler Moore, which I also said is one of the greatest. This week I have Green Acres. I think. A plus. I'm not going to even try to contest that because I <laughs> <laughs> I know you're just going to say I'm wrong. You're wrong. Um, well, I just it's a, it's a theme song that just like it's the show. Like here, like this is all you need to know. This is New York is the place for her. Uh, Since you mentioned Crazy Ex Girlfriend, yeah, it's not the best opening theme or sequence, but it has the same elements. Yeah, I think like, they realized that because they changed it in season two. But yeah, it, it was kind of. I'm, I'm loving that we're picking up on this. This uh, synch- synch- pass- synchronicity between mm. Crazy Ass Girlfriend and Green Acres. There's uh, got to be others. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that's um a lot of like the the point of the old theme songs is like we're gonna get you caught up. You know, like Mary Tyler Moore is all about like the opening credits of that is like she's literally driving to Minneapolis and then like she's like, can I make it on my own? I can. You know, uh, nowadays we've lost all that because it's like literally like three seconds. Like here's the title of the show, a ding ding ding, and then you're done. Sure, Which I'm like, I don't know why I just keep thinking of the threat of the Friends opening because it's so bad, but it, ha- <laughs> it actually has no useful information. No, it doesn't. And that, that's a, there's a, there was a shift in, like, the 80s where it's, like, here's just a song. Like, the Perfect Strangers theme. Like, I don't fucking know. But but the Perfect Strangers <laughs> opening sequence has him moving right, yeah. to America. So that actually yeah. does make sense. Also, same same writer, I think. As the Full House Family Matters, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. I get, he got the TGIF money, like, whoa. Uh, I will say there is a bit of, now that I'm, you know, a, an aware 32-year-old man living in 2017, I do notice there's, like, a little bit of casual misogyny at the end of the Green Acres theme, where it's like they're making, like, da-da-da-da-da, the chores, da-da-da-da, the stores, fresh air, Times Square, you are my wife, <laughs> goodbye, city life! And I'm like, oh, right. there was not an equal discussion about this. Right, right, right. He just pulled her along for the ride. 
Yes, but it also does seem like he's the the breadwinner. Oh, definitely. He's the lawyer, and she's the Hungarian princess trophy Wait, really? wife. I don't know. Is she a princess? Probably not. But she acts like it. Well. Right? You didn't really get a lot of Lisa in this episode, because other episodes... That's her name? Yeah, her name is Lisa. It's not a Hungarian <laughs> name. I mean, it should be like Ilsa, right? Is Ilsa Hungarian? Uh, it's that's well, it's, Nordic. It's, it's at least closer. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, but then the 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 plot itself starts out the very first shot, which we both laughed at. I think is Internal Revenue Service. So it's like all these establishing shots of Washington D.C. and then it's Internal Revenue Service sign and then eggs, just a ton of eggs yeah. <laughs> hitting the sign. And then Harold Gilmore, the IRS man, uh, <laughs> explaining how well we'd rather them throw eggs at the sign than us. Yeah, like it's... and then a rock comes through his window. <laughs> Must be getting close to April 15th. That's when the rocks start flying. That was the funniest part of the show. Yeah, that was crazy. Because that doesn't happen on this show. Yeah, what's there the aren't form- narrators. Yeah, the format of the show, I was going to ask, it's not narrated. No, the, the format of the show is everything else that happened in this, except that narrator part. Like, right. every episode is like a crazy thing happens and then just lunacy and There's a lot of time jumping. I think maybe I think that's, that's why. Yeah, they were like, like we and can't, two weeks later, yeah. this happens. We can't otherwise justify as two week time jump, so we'll have a narrator and we'll just do it that way. It worked. Uh, yeah, and then I don't know, but the plot of this episode is weird because like it's just Oliver gets his annual tax refund. Everyone in uh, Drucker's general store overhears him, and then they're like, first of all, they all think that Herbert Hoover is still president, and this is Nixon. <laughs> this is nineteen seventy. Was it the 20s? Hoover is the 50s. Oh, He's, uh, I'm thinking of Wilson. Yeah, because it's, oh gosh, it's, uh, it's uh, what's his face? It's, it's FDR. What's his face? FDR. Followed by Truman, and then Eisenhower and Hoover, I think, are in the 50s. Eisenhower, Hoover. Uh, so they're way off. I'm the worst. Nope. You were wrong. Oh, no. I was right. Oh, he's Hoover. He's 1929 to uh, yeah. Because Hoovervilles. Oh, and FDR came in after yes. to clean up the Hoovervilles. Yes, That's which what makes it, it even funnier. Hoovervilles. No, Hoover. Oh, gosh, wait. Ho- no, different. Hoover, yeah. Hooter. Hooter, yeah. Is Hooterville named after Hoovervilles? Probably? I don't know. That seems very close. It's probably named after boobs. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, then they all start filing. The, t- the plot is very thin, so we can get through that very quickly. Of Like, they all send in, they all write their paper out, they all are awarded, like, when they started saying the numbers they were awarded, we both were like, what the fuck? I got a check for $62,000. 62000 yeah, I got one for $45,000. 45000 I got one for $38,000. 38000 I figured they get over $572,000 back. Oh, oh, I can't understand it. How could a thing like this happen? $42,000. 38000 When one guy, I think, was just like five. Hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars, <laughs> like no- which doesn't even make sense because if it's over half a million there plus whatever everyone Jeez, else is getting, yeah. so it's not half a million that the whole town got. It's a million. It's a shit ton. Because uh, Oliver's uh, refund was eighty-four dollars and seventy-two cents, which like twenty seventeen money is probably like a couple thousand, like no, eight thousand. I would say. What? Yeah, probably eighty-four dollars in nineteen seventy is probably like. $800 max. Okay. That's good. That's still good. But also, like, probably $500. Yeah. I am wrong a lot in this episode. Which is very, <laughs> which is actually a very small amount for a lawyer. 
Yeah, also, I don't know how much lawyering he is... He's not doing any lawyering. Well, in by Riverdale. this time, he hasn't been a lawyer for five years, Yeah, right? so I don't know what his income his farm. is. His farm, which they all make fun of, like he's not a good farmer. Does he sell anything? No, episodes aren't concerned with this. I would say so that weird. investments. Yeah, he's just riding that stock market maybe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, um, whatever he, he invested in, that's what he's making. There's so much talk in Act 1 of just IRS rules and, like, income tax rules. I wrote down, like, Sesame Street for adults, although still not much of it made sense to me. Because it was incorrect. Yeah. Well, I only lost 900 last year, but the year before that, I really got hit. Close to $3,000. Oh, too bad we didn't know about this before. I've been on a 10-year losing streak. They were... Well, it was hard to follow because all of the hillbilly farmers were also, like, taking the wrong information from it and repeating it. Well, here's the thing. All the, like, the, the, the plot, like, the A plot is everyone's like, holy shit, we can make money off of the government, right? Yeah. And then they're, all the, all the hillbillies are talking and right before they go, they're like, okay, so, like, I only lost $500 this year, but last year I lost $3,000. And someone's like, well, why don't we just claim a loss for the last 10 years since we've never done this before? And I'm sitting there going, I think that's actually correct. <laughs> I, think <if> you, <laughs> I think if you take a loss several years in a row, but you, you, mm. don't, you don't claim it, that you don't deduct it, then you can combine them. Yeah. Uh, just, just like the IRS can take money from you that you haven't paid for many years, you can also get a refund back. I don't think those expire. I could right. be wrong. But you can't do that by just writing on notebook paper. Please give me $72,000. No, but also that's something we just made up. We have no idea. They might have actually yeah. filed it correctly. Please don't take our word for also any tax law. But also, <laughs> like, know. if these people haven't... Okay, the, the problem is not that they've, you know, tried to get back a refund for a decade... It's that they prop they haven't paid any income tax at all. Because they haven't gotten it. They're also like, we don't have any income. Well, like, that's also does, a joke. How does that work? Because yeah. the general store owner clearly has an income. Yeah. I don't know what the others do yet because I've only seen one episode. But, like, someone... They do this. This is pretty much... What, they have a podcast? What? Yeah, they, no, yeah, they have a podcast in Brooklyn. Or this is Queens. Why did I say that? Um, no, they just, like, sit around <laughs> Wait, a Wait, they don't booth. have to know you don't live in Brooklyn. Well, I say it, but I say Queens a lot in that show so far. Um, it's, so... They can triangulate your location. No, don't. They're knocking on the door. Uh, so, then the IRS sends a guy that looks a lot like Rick Moranis to, like, come and... I wrote down Gayer Dan Aykroyd. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I can see. He's got, like, the nose. Yeah, he's not as hot as Dan Aykroyd, though. I'm wanting all the podcasters to be keeping track of all the men I say are attractive on this show. Please send your fan art to... Yeah. Some Eddie Albert, Dan Aykroyd fan art, please. Eddie Albert and Dan Aykroyd, go to the beach. Uh, he's uh, Oliver Wendell Douglas on Green Acres. I was keeping it relevant. Um, so yeah, they send him to come and like uh, take back all the money, and they like get him to run around. He almost you should cut that probably. That I don't know. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> he wants to arrest Albert. He wants to arrest Eddie Albert, who's Oliver Wendell Douglas. That's a lot of names. Uh, Basically, and then the IRS realizes, oh, we can get their money back if they we if we let them invest in Mr. Haney's monkey racing. Right. So track. B plot B plot is Mr. Haney. You said yeah. Uh, is holding a a st a stock. No, what what did he call it? Like a st like it wasn't a 
a stockholders meeting. Yeah. yeah he he was oh, yeah, yeah. a, a quote-unquote stockholders meeting, but people hadn't invested yet, so really, you don't even he call just, it that. He was just yelling at them. They're in a store holding an investment meeting with Haney. With Haney? Now, gentlemen, this investment is divided into units of $10,000 each. He was just... <laughs> He was trying to pitch the idea of a monkey racing track to the townies who would pay $10,000 a unit to invest. (laughs) In monkey racing. In monkey racing. And Oliver's like, what is monkey racing? It's like, well, what's a monkey racing track? Well, you've seen them dog races where the dogs chase a stuffed rabbit. Well, this is the same thing, except we use monkeys and they chase a wooden banana. That's ridiculous. Well, it may be to you, but them monkeys take that banana pretty serious. Uh, also, Lisa knows what monkey racing is. Yes. And because uh, it's a big Hungarian pastime, yeah. as is uh, Borsh- it? Uh, goulash, goulash betting. Goulash betting, where you just put a big pot of goulash in the middle of town and bet on when it rolls over. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. It rolls or over. Or bo- uh, boils over. Oh, is it on a fire? I think, yeah. Because you boil goulash, right? She has a heavy accent. Yeah. A lot of it was hard to decipher from her, which is also part of the charm. (laughs) Yeah, she had a lot of funny bits. Uh, It's not MVP time yet, right? No, no, that's that's the end. Okay. Hold that. So I won't say how funny she is. Yeah. Well, no, we'll definitely talk about how... Yeah, so I mean, that's basically the end of the episode is they... The IRS is like, yeah, we'll get our money back in two to three years because we get half of all the money they're losing. Um, you know, I wanted to bring up one bit that has literally nothing to do with the plot at all, but it was, it's very typical of what Green Acres is, which is just lunacy, which is the Hank Kimball and Lisa Douglas door knocking farce, the front door farce. What happened to their doorknob? He, when he walks up, he knocks on the door. She's like, who is it? He says, Hank Kimball or whatever. She doesn't come. He tries to open it, and the doorknob just comes clean off, and he gotcha. like just throws it in the bushes. He knocks. She doesn't come. He then climbs through the window. When he does that, she goes outside. He closes the door. She knocks. He opens it, and he's like, oh, hello. Is your husband home? And she's like, no. And he, he's like, oh, okay. Closes the door. Then she's like, wait a second. She notices there's no doorknob. She knocks. <laughs> he opens. <laughs> Oh, hello, Mr. Douglas. Mr. Kimber, I think there is something wrong. There is? Yes, I should be in there and you should be out here. Oh, well, why don't we try it that way? (laughs) And then Oliver comes up, it's... I will say, that was a funny bit, and then they did it twice. I was like, okay, do it a third time. They did it a third time. Then they did it like four more times, which I did (laughs) not appreciate. I I love every moment of it, because it was so dumb. Fair, but they could have moved on to another joke <laughs> no, by then. They got 25 minutes to kill. This is 1970. They're like, if only there were three more minutes of commercials in this episode. I just knocked into your table just halfway. No, it'll be fine. Sorry, listeners. No, um, but I also, uh, I also love Hank Kimball. I also think he's adorable. This ep- this podcast in general is just me, like, working through weird crushes. I That's think. fair. Um... But he's just, like, such a goofy, dopey guy. His whole uh, character game is that he's constantly uh, correcting himself and apologizing for things he says. Like, oh, it's been a good morning. But it's not really a good morning. Maybe it's a great morning. Nah, it's a pretty bad morning. And he won't get on to the business. Uh, but she wasn't in this episode that much. This episode was leaned a lot heavier on farmers that are not, I've never seen before. Okay. Um, old droopy face Ziffle guy is in a lot of episodes. Okay. Uh, old 
old skin tags, man, or whatever. Okay. <laughs> oh, he's gross. Uh, I, feel, I feel bad for now uh, assaulting this man's appearance. Okay. Um, but all the other farmers I've never seen on this show before. Really? But I've only seen, like, ten episodes recently, so maybe not. I'm sure uh, every season they just have, like, Cycle a, through yeah. a bunch of character actors. Uh, what did you think worked uh, best about this? The Iris uh, plot. Yeah. I really, I mean, I, the narration specifically. I yeah. think the details of the of the scam were a little murky. <laughs> um, and they could have cracked a book open. They could have been like, all right, specific, this is it. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. it might have ruined their whole idea. Yeah. So maybe that's why they didn't. Um, but I love the I love the actor who played Harold Gilmore. <laughs> um, I didn't care too much for uh, his his underling. Uh, Feld, Feld Feldinger. 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 Yeah. Yeah. The Ackroyd slash. Yeah. He was uh, dude. He didn't really do that great of a job. He was fine. He was serviceable. He was almost like, oh, they actually went to DC and <laughs> like found <laughs> an IRS little, guy. Yeah, a little mousy IRS guy with some nice glasses, some nice like Warby Parker looking glasses. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. So that's what I thought worked best. Uh, I mean, what did you think about all the? Because this, is, I wanted you on here because like I'm from Tennessee, I'm from mm-hmm. the South, and so like all these shows. My dad loves Beverly Hillbillies, and I like grew up watching all the Hooterville shows and. When I watch this show, like, the general store and, like, their house, their, like, rundown-ass house, it just reminds me of the kind of places that my parents would take me in East Tennessee. Like, I grew up around all this all to, the like, time. To, like, laugh at or to, No, like, like the, our family lives here, like, our distant relatives sure, sure, or, sure. like, my, uh, my... That's cousin- a terrible joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just take me to, to these lapsed houses. No. Yeah. So, all this rings so true to me. Now, you grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. So you did not have, you were not around this kind of stuff, I would imagine. Not really. Yeah. No. I mean, to me, it all looks like a movie set. Yeah, because it definitely is. This is sure. definitely a single cam show. I mean, obviously it's a movie set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, even seeing such a thing, like, when we drove cross country, I'm like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's real cute. Pardon me, Sarah, your life looks like a film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it goes both ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cause New York. Times Square, center of the universe. Sure, sure, sure. Ugh. Times Square. Times Square. My favorite place in the world. <laughs> That's where, yeah, Lisa's like fresh air, Times Square. Like, I would Was rather... Times Square. Di- no, Times Square was in so run down. In 1970s, like pretty run down. She means. Uh, the idea of it? Yeah, or she's, she means Lincoln Square. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Like, she means. Maybe the '80s on Lexington, like maybe oh, that, like because that's where, definitely where they live. Well, that that actually might be too far. She means Par- she means uh, Park Ave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me Park Avenue. But 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 it all goes back to the theme. Uh, yeah, I loved in general with Green Acres. What I love is the I love the insanity of it because this none of it makes any sense. Like the monkey racing, like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like even for this, like that is just an insane leap to make. And Green Acres is constantly making. Crazy where do they get? What, where do hillbillies get monkeys though? That's a that's an exotic animal. <laughs> yeah. like, that's not country <laughs> no. to me. That's uh, colonialism. There is a lot of debate online that I stumbled onto uh, about where exactly Hooterville is because they never state in any of the episodes of any of the shows where what state Hooterville is in. But internet sleuths over the past like thirty years have gone through a process of elimination, narrowing it down because they know like it's a state that fought in the Confederacy, like it, it was in the Civil War, so it had it was like a state before the Civil War. Can they do it by accent? South, uh, well, because the accents all kind of 
change. Like, some of them have it, some of them don't. There's also regional. Like, a lot of people think it's, like, Ozarks, like, Missouri. Other people think it is, like, rural Tennessee. It kind of goes... Did Missouri fight for the Confederacy? No, I think that might be one of the things that, like, knocks them out of it. Right. Was there are also episodes where they mention going on vacations, and so, like, well, it must be far enough away from X that they had to, like, necessitate it being a vacation and not just down the road. Uh-huh. There's a lot of weird... It's a lot of weird math. There's even one person that was, like, gotten to uh, elevation. I don't know how that comes up in any of the episodes, but they're like, well, in this episode, they mentioned that they're at an elevation of this, which this these states are at this elevation. It's like, that's so, crazy specific. what are the front runners? I think it is mostly southern states, like your Virginias and Alabamas and stuff, I do believe. There's, like, 13 I states... I do declare. I do declare... Uh, which I'm glad. <clears throat> I'm glad that that's the case, because I would not want this show being a Yankee territory. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> so, yeah, what doesn't work for you <laughs> about this episode? Do you, do you, well, Feldinger. Um, the lack of research on the IRS details. <laughs> um it's weird, like, I, I don't understand why Lisa slash Ava Gabor needs to be that dumb. Like, I... She is, she is the only... There are other women, there are two other women on the show, but they aren't regulars. There is uh, Frank Ziffel's wife, so Arnold the Pig's mother. Mm-hmm. She's in a couple of episodes. She's in, like, 30 episodes or so. And then there is Ralph who is a, she's a woman named Ralph, and she's a painter. Her brother is Alf, and they're like the handyman, the handyman of Hooterville. And so she's always wearing, like, painter's overalls and, like, a big hat, and she's, like, goofy. Mm-hmm. And those a are... A good, sturdy woman. Yeah, there's one. Well, no, she's, like, a tiny little mousy... Okay. Yeah, she kind of looks like Kristen Shaw in a way. Okay. And she's got that kind of vibe. Uh, but older... Skinny. Yeah, but older because, also, I wanted to point out, everyone in this show is old. Yeah, they are. And that's a thing that you don't see nowadays. Are there any children ever? No. Eb is the only young person on this show. How old is Eb? And and he's their farmhand. And he looks like he's in his early to mid-twenties. He was in, again, like one scene. This episode really focused on non-regulars. But Eddie Albert is uh, 61, I think, in this. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine, like, a new show nowadays where it's like, here's a new show starring a, you know, 55-year-old man, and the show is not about him being a 55-year-old man. Which is so weird. They were just, like, all about uh, age diversity back then. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Frasier is another show that's for old people. Yeah. But how old... uh, Kelsey Grammer was probably in his early 40s. Right, but he, like... He exuded... Yeah. He exuded age. Right. Regalness with uh. that crown of hair. <laughs> uh, getting back to uh, Ava Gabor's character, I just didn't understand what kind of dumb she was supposed to be. <laughs> like, you know, is she is she dumb because she's foreign, or was she dumb there and they kicked her out because she was so <laughs> fucking dumb, you know? Or, it, yeah, because she is a or very... she's smart, but she comes from, you know, this, like, bizarro place where they bet on goulash, you know, so, like... <laughs> Maybe she does have brains, but she just... It's the culture that they, they've created. Yeah, it's... She's an interesting... She's an interesting case, like... Because there's also the game of she is a ritzy, you know, upper-class woman. And so when she comes out to Hooterville, she's tasked with doing, like, the the wifely... Like, the, the farm woman chores of, like, 
laundry and cooking okay. and stuff like that. In this episode, all she did was walk around in 90s? Yeah. <laughs> so, is, that, yeah. is that a farm tour? Yeah, well, she almost always is wearing 90s, like big, elaborate, feathery gowns and stuff. Uh, but usually, like, she cooks by... Tossing I mean, whole. so do I. At yeah, home, definitely. But like, <laughs> so what? That's not the point. And Bozarth is always wearing a three-piece suit. Don't tell them. Times. Don't tell them my life. <laughs> uh, but like, when she cooks, she takes like whole fruit and then like drops it into you know jars and then just like mixes it around with a wooden spoon. Like that's how she cooks. Well, that might be a Hungarian. Yeah, recipe. so that may, that may be getting the goulash ready. Uh, and then there was an episode I watched with. Um, she you thought you don't know what goulash is, do you? No, I don't. Is it like borscht? No, it's a meat stew. Oh, goulash is a meat stew. It's delicious. Okay. What's borscht? That's like a beet thing, right? That is a beet and meat stew. Okay, beet and meats. Cool, cool, cool. But but goulash <laughs> is more like, uh, you know, if you've ever had like like short ribs and potatoes, basically that. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Versus no, yeah. borscht, which is a soup. We have that in the South. We just don't call it that. What do you call it? Uh, meat and potatoes. <laughs> There you go. There's a word for it. We don't use it. Uh, Yeah, I guess um, other things I usually like talking about are like, how well does it age? That's hard to judge with this. Because if you're going to do a modern day Green Acres, you would set it in the rural south. And they would have the internet. I feel like all the characters are probably the same intelligence. You You wouldn't need the internet. I would say... It felt very modern to me. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe because it was single cam. Maybe because the characters were all kind of... Uh, There's was, there was something about these ancillary characters that I didn't know they weren't regular. Yeah. They felt very, uh, like, multifaceted. And I, yeah. th- I thought that was really cool. My issue was... Uh, the, the reason I think it doesn't age that well is because our jokes have evolved. Our joke structure has changed. Yeah. We now demand things to be faster, repeatable, gamey. So in that sense, it wouldn't work right now. But I was enjoying myself. I just thought, like, oh, I could punch this up. And yeah, exactly. And it would be, like, perfect. It, the other thing I've learned, I'm learning is the structure of sitcoms pre-Cheers, I'm trying to figure out, like, when the beginning of it is, is, like, before Cheers... Things are like this. Like, it's kind of a one act. Like, there's... It's mostly just, like, if there are multiple plots, they're like a progression. Right, I was trying to... It doesn't really... There's not really... It's just a thing. Just thing happens, thing happens, thing happens, end. We called the monkey racing track the B-plot because that's what it kind of became. Yeah. But it really just... That was just act two. It's just, like, the button of the A-plot. Yeah. And then you have the weird, like, front door comedy bit, which Which is, is like, nothing. There's nothing there. It's not a plot, but, like, it's a bit of business. It kind of is because the door is always broken. Yeah, oh, yeah, it comes back. So, when Lisa is locked out again, she crawls through the window. So, like, it's it's a callback, so I would call that the C. Yeah. So, it isn't until you get to, like, your cheers where you have, like, okay, like, Sam and Diane are doing this, Carla or Norm are doing this, like, Cliff is doing this. And they aren't really as connected, and they're kind of happening simultaneously. Uh, whereas, like, if you watch an old Mary Tyler Moore episode, or, like, a Dick Van Dyke episode, or any of that, it's, like, it's just a story. It's like a movie, in a way. It's just, like, a continuous plot, one plot. What about, like, I don't know, like, family sitcoms? Like, I've never seen Leave it to Beaver, or whatever, but I'm Yeah, sure I think all those are all the same you type You wouldn't of, think I, that, like, the parents would have a plot, and no, the kids would sh- have a plot? Because usually, well, I learned all this from watching a lot of uh, Christmas episodes. Because it wasn't this past year when I did my Christmas sitcom binge, which listeners, prepare yourself. You're so good at self-marketing. December 
There's going to be so much Christmas podcast on this uh, podcast, Christmas episodes on this podcast. Uh, but I was watching like the Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch episode, Christmas episode is what really hit it home for me when I was like, oh, wait a second. There's only one. There are like nine main characters on that show. And the whole thing was about uh, the mother, Car- Carol Brady. Her, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my brain. Uh, her voice, her voice, her voice uh, disappears the night before she has to sing like a big solo at church. Mm-hmm. And so the like act one is that happening. Act two is like little Cindy going to ask Santa Claus for her voice back. And then act three is like the miracle and her voice is back at church. And I, would I was not like, oh, there's judge, no. I would not judge sitcoms by their like holiday episodes, though. Because right. those are usually capsule episodes that are very like. Yeah. So far, yeah, for this podcast, like, we watched the Family Ties, and we watched the um, Tom Hanks, I'm an Alcoholic, I'm an Alcoholic episode, and that was a, just, like, act one. You say that as if I've seen this, (laughs) as if I... Go watch Say Uncle, season two, Tom Hanks, uh, (laughs) killing that stage with MJ Fox. Uh, Yeah, so, like, this episode is very, it's just very, like, one plot. And they just, like, get it done. And there's a lot of space in between jokes. Mainly because they're doing a lot of, like, explaining what income tax is. <laughs> which is not in every episode. Yeah. I wanted to also talk about Mr. Haney, who I also love. Who isn't in this episode much. First of all, like, Pat Buttram. Great actor. I love him. He's the voice of the general, sheriff of... General store owner. Here. He is the guy that comes up with the monkey racing oh, idea. Because he talks like this. Like, he's one of my favorite character actors. He's also the voice of the sheriff of Nottingham in Disney's Robin Hood. So he's a recognizable voice actor. And also his name is Pat Buttram, which is just a great name. Uh, I'm looking up, looking him up on IMDb. Yeah, he's so good. Because he... He's a nice He's, a nice he's in Back to the Future Part 3. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's quintessential, like, crazy Southern actor. Like, crazy accent. He's got a real Randy Quaid uh, quality to him. Well, he had the, the lazy eye, for yeah. sure. Yeah, lazy eye and, like, weird way talking. He's Randy. in Rugrats. Yeah, he, wow, he's... he worked up until the end. Yeah, and, He uh, died in 94, somehow is in a movie that came out in 95. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is also a very dead cast, too. I do believe almost... It's a goofy dead. movie. Oh, oh, yeah, because I think he was one of the Beagle Boys, maybe? No, he's a possum something. Oh, right, yeah, possum. I'm wrong a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh, notable from this episode to get into before we move on to trivia. I say we covered it. Yeah. More this, or less. Yeah. Uh, I, I also did pick this because I feel like this is, you know, writing together and working together, you're a fan of absurdist humor. I think that Green Acres is the 60s standard bearer of absurdist humor. I noticed that. Like, it's just weird. Like, it's... The, the suit fact- and the tractor thing really yeah. clued me in. I was like, this is going to be really weird. And it's different from... Because Beverly Hillbillies is not. Like, Beverly Hillbillies is... It's not that weird of a show. It's just like, it's they're silly, they're southern, it's goofy, blah, blah, blah. Green Acres takes it to a weird arty level. Like a really, a really weird, surreal, arty level that other sitcoms of the time don't. And um, there's, like a, there's also a direct line from Green Acres to news radio. Because Dave Foley's character, Dave Nelson, his favorite show is Green Acres. And they bring it up a lot on the show. In the very last episode of News Radio, Green Acres comes up once again, and Dave says this about Green Acres. He calls it 
Granted, it's a wonderfully rendered half hour of absurdist comedy. And that's like one of the last episodes of News Radio. And when he says that, you like retroactively realize, oh, that's also News Radio. Like you would you would call News Radio a wonderfully rendered half hour of absurdist comedy. Uh, and now rewatching Green Acres, I'm seeing like a lot of the just like oddball choices they make and a lot of the incongruity, the comedy from it the leaps of logic and all, like it all really does resonate with news radio. And that's why I really want to know like how much those news writers, writers, news radio writers were inspired directly by green acres. Probably a ton. But my, I guess I don't remember news radio well enough. Like I did, I watched it fairly recently, but I don't remember any talking pigs. No. So I don't know. Well, Arnold doesn't, Arnold doesn't talk. They all just treat him like he talks. Sure. He does um, go to school. He does win a painting contest. It looks like an example of an absurdist bit. Well, there's like, uh, there's like Jimmy James writing a novel that is then translated back into English, and it's called like Super Karate Monkey Death Car, which is like just a weird. It's like a slightly heightened version of reality. There's also like Lisa Miller, um, just in season five, randomly gets married to Patrick Warburton's character, like kind of out of nowhere. And he is described as pure evil. And everyone's like, he's pure evil. Don't marry him. He's like, yeah, I'm pure evil. Why do you want to marry me? She's like, I don't know. And then he goes to jail and they get married. Like, mm-hmm. they do, uh, there's also, like, Bill's, as we discussed on this podcast a couple weeks ago, there's Bill's uh, fascination with old sandwiches, that crunch that he loves eating. There, uh, there's the episodes where there's the outer space episode and the Titanic episode, which are like, they just take these wild leaps of setting that are just not in continuity whatsoever for no reason. Uh, there's an episode called Daydream where like Matthew becomes Freddy Krueger and like dances in front of Beth. <laughs> like there's a, there's a, there's a pattern and a rhythm to it that is really similar to Green Acres, like just sped up proportionally to it being a 30 years later show. Uh, so yeah, let's move on to trivia, which I don't Fresh air. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You are my wife. Goodbye, city life. Green Because uh, TV ratings before 1980s, hard to find. So, Green Acres, season five, uh, was not in the top 30. It was not in the top 30 most watched shows. Should I be reacting to these? Yeah, like, does a, that shock you? <laughs> like, I mean, oh my god. 
How dare. Um, but the highest, I wanted to point out, the highest rated season for, news, for um, Green Acres was season two. Season two of Green Acres was watched by 24.6 million people. It, by uh, by today's numbers, that's like a mega, triple, quadruple hit. Yeah, there's nothing can hold a candle if to you, that. If you get like 500,000 people to watch your show, you're like, yeah. oh, I guess you're sticking around for yeah, three more. doing good. Uh, the season ranking, so the top five shows of the 1969 to 1970 season. Top five. Number five, Family Affair. Which is another um, very... <gasps> Not that one. <laughs> it's a very... Um, it's a little-remembered sitcom from the late 60s about a family. It's like, I think it's about, like, a wealthy bachelor who, like, his niece and nephew come to live with him after their mother dies or mm-hmm. something. It's most notable for having the worst, um, both the child actors on that show met, met Grizzly ends. What do you mean? I think they both OD'd early. I think, like, the, do- the niece died in her, like, early 20s. Very sad. Anyway, uh, Mayberry RFD, which is uh, was number four. Mayberry RFD is what Andy Griffith's show turned into when Andy Griffith left. At one point, Andy Griffith left, and um, Ken Berry, who went on to be on Mama's Family, took over, and it became Mayberry RFD. <laughs> I can't tell if the look in your eyes right now is panic, because you realize <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're did talking you're, about. <laughs> did you ever watch Mama's Family? I. You could be making... <laughs> Anything up right now. You could be like, oh, you know, on May 14th, 1967, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a sitcom um, just called Buckets, and it was just... Oh, actually, one- Buckets was number three, <laughs> and then Donkey Panic was number two. See, uh, is Donkey Panic real? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, three was Bonanza. I don't know if that's real or not. Uh, no, it, three it's was Bonanza. like Bananas, but with a Z. <laughs> three was uh, Bananas Bonanza. Two was Gunsmoke. Bonanza and Gunsmoke were two long-running westerns. Yes, I know Bonanza. Wait, really? Yeah, Bonanza. Okay, Bonanza. Ponderosa, you know. Ponderosa's Now you've lost. Yeah. Uh, And then number one was Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. So that's weird, right? (laughs) That's a weird top five. Is that different from Laugh-In? Oh, yeah, it's just Laugh-In. For some reason, its full name is Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. So, like, your number one is, like cheeky 70s mod political humor and then two and three are like westerns four is a southern family sitcom and five is like an urban family sitcom great nice little mixed bag it is a mixed bag it is for weird white that, people yeah for all the white people in here um in general so on imdb 32 learned imdb users rated this episode of green acres an 8.4 this is the highest-rated episode of Green Acres. Really? So this is what they said is the best episode. It's because of that IRS guy. I think it's because of that IRS guy. He really, uh, there's a, he has got a lot of rabid fans, and they just go through IMDb voting up all of his episodes. He was very, he, he had a very, oh. <laughs> Naked Gun comes Oh, he had a Leslie Nielsen. He had a ne- Leslie yeah. Nielsen sort of vibe to him. Yeah, yeah. very serious, dry, comedic delivery. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I, so, on a scale, at any point before, would you say, on the scale of all of television, mm-hmm. would you say higher or lower? Where would you give this? From, instead of an 8.4? Yeah, would you see 8.4 is like right on the money? Would you go higher or lower? 6.9. 6.9, 9. okay. I would go... I would go 7.7. 7. 
Wow. Yeah. Really? Because you watched a lot more TV than I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, okay, like, if we're going in terms of Green Acres, just Green Acres alone, I would give this a 8.8. But if we're going, like, all of television, Uh I would say 7.7. Why not? Uh, who would you all of tell like uh, we're, all ta- of we're talking Breaking like, Bad Moon Landing we're talking The Sopranos uh, Michael Jackson does the moonwalk okay uh, we're talking oh, the debut you're... of the McDonald's Moonhead anchor why are all your examples moonwalk? from real life yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so out of everyone in this episode who would you say had the must see performance. Uh, IRS guy. Ah. 100%. I, I mean, I kind of thought maybe Ava Gabor. Maybe. Yeah. Because I did, I think she worked her ass off making funny what the writers could not. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, her delivery was pretty great. And uh, I loved her accent, real cute. But there was just something about the narrator who, you know, like the IRS dude. Who, yeah. Who, who, he had the best lines. Yeah. He, he had all the jokes. Yes, it's hard. Uh, I'm going to show loyalty. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show loyalty to the Green Acre, Green Acres Red Cast and go Hank Kimball, just because I really loved that. I really loved that front door gag. <laughs> loved it a lot, and I think Hank Kimball is great. Um, in general, would you say must other people see this episode? Yes. Okay. I- I think if you've never um, seen the show, maybe you've heard of it, don't know what it what's what it's about, just like me. Uh, I would say it's really eye opening to see old timey absurdist stuff. It's kind of like not not nowhere near as good as Monty Python, right. but when you know, like when you grow up watching those like infomercials for it, you're like, I'm never gonna watch this. This looks yeah. like shit. <laughs> and then you see it in college, and you go, Wow, this is fucking well, yeah. brilliant! I can't believe like old people were this funny. I would say this kind of falls into that yeah. that category. And this is also like a good five years before Monty Python. Or was Mon- Monty Python was like mid-70s, right? Like early uh, to mid? I would say late 60s. Oh, okay, so it's probably concurrent. Because because maybe even mid, because then we have Faulty Towers like in the 70s, 80s. Yeah. Oh, I could do that on this show. Yeah, I think that... All the movies. It's really... The, we. Uh, it's, have you seen Faulty Towers? No. I need to, obviously. That is why you're rating this as a 7.7. 7. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like moon landing, Michael Jackson moonwalking, <laughs> Faulty Towers, episode 1, Faulty Towers, episode 8. It was only one season, right? Yeah. Two. Oh, two seasons? Okay. But like six. Oh, the short British yeah, seasons, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I think that this Green Acres itself is a good example of like, oh yeah, people were also weird as hell in the 60s. People, like, TV writers were all have always been TV writers, and this is a show, I feel like this was definitely a TV writer show, where, like, the writers on this show were like, let's do weird shit. Right. I mean, there's an episode where, like, the most famous episode of Green Acres is when Arnold the pig, who doesn't talk, but everyone treats like a human, except for Oliver, who's like, it's a fucking pig, becomes a massive Hollywood movie star. Wait, what? And that was a two-parter. <laughs> he becomes a... He becomes a movie star. In the show? In the show. The sh- in the show, there's two episodes dedicated to Arnold the pig going to Hollywood. Hmm. That's great. Uh, where? So, yeah, thank you so much for coming out and I- experiencing... For taking a trip to Hooterville with me. Thank you for having me. For getting getting all dirty down in the hay. <laughs> You really need to see more TV. I can't uh, believe I've ever... I, I, 
Are we still recording? Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I'm <laughs> saying this, but you need to see more TV. I still, I have some holes that I'm going to be filling in with this show. Uh, where can people find you on the internet to talk to you? Or what do you want to plug? Do you have any hot shit? Sure. I mean, <laughs> what's hot your shit? hot shit? Every, all my social media is now private and all my like plugs are now behind paywalls. So yeah. Ooh, what, what old shit? Uh, what do you mean old shit? You have any hot old shit people want to work out? Hot old shit? No. <laughs> uh, I don't have hot old shit. Um, I don't know. Check out The Grim Life on Howl FM. It might be called Stitcher Premium now. Um, it's uh, This American Life parody with fairy tales. Absurdist. It's very absurdist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Check out Left Handed Radio if you haven't. Yeah, Dig through them. Should, That's... We, should we reboot that? Probably yeah, not. I don't know. Whatever. We can... <laughs> this is part of it now. This is part of it now. <laughs> Unofficial. Uh, working on a couple of new things. I don't know if they'll get made, so I'm not going to talk about them yet. But That's the grind. In September, check out Stitcher Premium again and see if I still made a new thing for them or not. Hooray! And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, Anna Rubinova, for dropping by and taking a visit to Hooterville with me this week. Next week, I will be discussing the What's Happening episode, My Three Tons. My Three Tons is in season one of What's Happening. It is episode four of What's Happening, and you can stream What's Happening nowhere. You can find the DVDs for cheap online. And uh, you can, I don't know, maybe you know someone that has a copy. Maybe it's on rerun somewhere. I just know that what's happening is not streaming anywhere. I am sorry, but don't worry. We will get into great, great detail about rerun and Raj and Dwayne and the gang. I also want to take this moment to point out that I will be tabling at FlameCon on August 19th through 20th in Brooklyn, New York. That is New York's premier LGBTQ comic con, and I will be there selling prints and buttons of my sitcom swimsuit and sitcom superheroes and just sitcom art. So come on out and say hello. If you say hello to me and say that you listen to this show, I will hook you up with something. I'm working on it. I don't know. Uh, You can go to flamecon.org for more information. That is August 19th through 20th in Brooklyn, Flamecon. Until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at MustHaveSeenTV. Please do that. I try to put links to all the stuff that we talk about in the show on Twitter, and I try to give you behind-the-scenes looks at what is going on uh, while I make the podcast on Instagram. So that's always fun. If you like what you've heard, please, please, please rate and review Must Have Seen TV in iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com, including a piece about Green Acres and the Rural Purge. You can also check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by the Go Team. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all of y'all for listening. And I'll see y'all next week on Must Have Seen TV. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.